happy October, fellow Poldark fans. This is Sarah Mason, and this is Across the Pond Reviews on the HMC Network. You might know me from the Herald and Mobcast. This is the show where we profess our love for British programming. So if you love British programming, you've come to the right place. And if you love Poldark, you've come to the right place. Uh, season two kicked off last weekend with the the premiere episode. It was a double episode. And uh, tonight was episode three. And it was a good one. It wasn't a great one. It was kind of a sophomore slump slightly. It was a little slow. Uh, but there were, but it, it, it was a, it reminded me of some of the Game of Thrones and Walking Dead episodes where it's a filler to, to keep the themes of the season, to introduce the same themes of the season and kind of move that forward. So that's, that's basically what happened. Ross is, you know, newly acquitted from his trial. Uh, he is meeting with the shareholders uh, of Will Leisure and, uh, that's happening, but he's in the midst of a big financial crisis, as we know. And his loan that he got a year ago is being called up. He has to at least pay the interest, which is 400 pounds. And that's a fuckload of money back then. And they end up having to sell basically everything they own to try to to pay that debt. Demelza is pregnant, hasn't told Ross. And nor Ross has not told her that they're in financial hell. And the two of them are, are distant. They're kind of at odds. And quite frankly, Russ is being a bit of a dick. For the first act of, of the episode, he's really distracted, really worried about the financial stuff. And he's just kind of being a dick to her. And I was a little concerned that is he now becoming a dick character? But eh, by the end of the episode, things get better between them. But still, there's definitely, a, you know, it's they've been married for a while now. They've gone through a lot. They lost their daughter. There's a lot of crap going down. And they're kind of, instead of coming together, going apart a little bit. And there's Elizabeth, of course. And that's one of the big themes, clearly, of this season, which is that there's going to be a love triangle between the three of them. And we get the biggest hint of that in a scene where Ross goes to... Uh, Francis and Elizabeth's house and Elizabeth and Ross end up alone in a room together at the end of the night and Ross is kind of throwing out the flirt carrot <laughs> and Elizabeth's not really taking the bait but Demelza overhears the conversation which sucks for her and it sounds like he's still you know he's still got the flame and I think they both do. So I don't know where they're going to take this, but they're definitely hinting at, you know, they set, they, they, they planted the seeds for that for the season. Uh, and then the other big seed, which already was planted in episodes one and two, is that George Warleggin is committed to the ever-loving destruction of Ross Poldark. He's going to do everything he can to break him, to ruin him, to destroy him. Uh, Tankert, who's that creepy guy with the black hair that looks like he's in a Tim Burton movie that was paying everybody off to speak against Ross at the trial. Well, that guy's still around, and he shows up at the Wheel Leisure 
shareholders meeting because somehow he's speaking on behalf of a shareholder that's not there, which seems kind of like, what? But, you know, George Willagan has a lot of pull and seems to be able to get everybody into anything. And this guy's definitely Warlegan Stug. She's there as a spy. He's getting some information, finding ways he can break Ross. And uh, so that's another huge theme. And then the, uh, I mean, there's a lot of sub-themes, too, and sub-characters emerging. But Francis and Ross do have a nice uh, reunion and reconciliation in this night's episode, which was kind of the big payoff in, in a way for this episode. Uh, but before I get to that, Judd, um, remember Judd, this manservant, the useless manservant who almost spoke against Ross at the trial and then and was paid off by that tanker guy and that strong armed guy who kind of looks like Jack Black, who was with, like threatening to beat him if he didn't do it but they gave him money and and then he didn't do it and so uh they're looking for their vengeance and they attack him in the woods they kind of come after him attack him and it's pretty brutal for poldark i mean this isn't game of thrones so don't don't freak out it's not that brutal but they attack him leave him for dead not going to tell you what whether he is or not but when the body uh, and the when he's discovered and everything, did I just tell you that he's dead? <laughs> no, I didn't. Trust me. Uh, a lot happens with him in this episode. <laughs> uh, and Ross, once they find out that there's money in his pocket, uh, he is immediately pointing the finger at George Reagan and putting it all together and saying, okay, they're paying him off and this guy really is trying to get at me. So I better go make friends with Francis again. Cause I think he has this realization that George is trying to spin, trying to separate him and Francis and that Francis and he, their family, they have to stick together. So they end up going and accepting an invitation to their house to a party and they have a nice moment together. And Francis kind of reveals to him that he's got some hidden money He's going to try to go back into the mining business somehow. And Ross is keeping his cards close to his chest in terms of his business dealings to Francis. Because, yeah, this is, you know, they're reunited for the first time right now, really. He hasn't been in that house for so long. I like the idea of the two of them being on the same side. Because I am personally not a fan of injustice. (laughs) Why would I watch the show then? Uh, I just... I. I hate injustice if we don't get the justice soon, which is tough with shows like this because there's so much injustice, you know? I mean, yet they throw you a little bone at, at, at each episode. So I thank them for that. You know, Ross was acquitted. Him and Francis are getting back together again. But clearly a lot of shit's going to go down this season. And this episode was really the setup for that. Um, Demelza and Ross do, I don't want to say make up because it's not, well, they do have a fight in the episode. She finally tells him that she's pregnant and she was worried about doing that, but that sort of bonds them back together. But clearly there's some stuff going on. Sub characters, interesting sub characters, Caroline Penvenin, the 
the beautiful blonde society girl who on trade in this episodes one and two uh, with her uncle uh, John Nettles from Midsummer Murders. She is got a big old crush on Dwight Ennis, Dr. Dwight, and ain't hiding it. She sees him in town. She's flirting with him. And he obviously thinks she's beautiful, but I think he thinks she's kind of a spoiled little elitist brat because he doesn't really take an interest in her. He's always kind of like, all right, got to go now. See ya, bitch. And she finds a way to get him into her house of the pretense of being sick, having a sore throat. She turns out, it turns out that she actually has a legitimate issue for him to be there, but something's going to happen with the two of them. I don't know what it is, but it looks like they're going to get together in some capacity. And that stooge that she was with the guy who, with the very weird name, I can't even remember at this moment, but, He's another war-legged stooge who they were trying to put into office. And he's turning out to be useless to Warlegan, is also useless to Caroline. He wants to marry her, but he's just ridiculous. So she's got her sights set on Dwight Ennis, and uh, we'll see where that, where that goes. And we'll see where this vengeance of... Uh, where Lagan goes. I'm calling it vengeance because he's pissed right now that Ross didn't hang. And he's clearly just jealous. He's super jealous. He won't stop until, and it's one of those like, you know, class warfare things. He's not a gentleman by birth. He worked his way up, but he's always feeling inferior. And Ross is just super righteous. And, uh, you know, he doesn't have any money, but he's got the birthright. That matters. It definitely matters. So uh, we'll see what happens there. We'll see how far they take it in this show. You know, because like I said, it's not it's not Game of Thrones. So how far are they going to take it? This episode, although it, it didn't have a ton of action in terms of, you know, the big action was Judd being attacked. And then it, it was planting a lot of seeds for the season to really setting up the whole season, but it still tugged at me and, and made me nervous. And that's something this show does well. You're, you're sitting there going, Oh shit. Oh no, you're not. Oh shit. Which I liked. That's a good thing. You're not doing it on the same level as a walking dead or a game of Thrones, but you're doing it. And the love story, you know, who doesn't love that? And so I'd have to give this episode on our Justice and Doom scale, a 7. I will give it a 7 out of 10. Uh, it was decent, kept my attention, wasn't earth-shattering, but it definitely set the stage for the season. So check it out, and we will be back next week with Episode 4, Poldark Season 2. You can also go to our website, uh, www.thehmcnetwork.com for more podcasts, more shows, all kinds of fun stuff. Thanks, y'all. See you next time.